Hola, soy Miguel Gonzalez, coming back to you on Firme. That's right. Cuentos y Arte podcast por gente y todos. That's right. One thing I was in a conversation about yesterday that made me just kind of think about it the rest of the day was how the art industry regardless of whatever your medium is, how long you've been making art, but once you start to promote yourself as an artist and sell artwork as an artist, you become a business. storing 
sorts of micro-businesses, little businesses. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not just your, your typical uh, handyman home service or uh, I opened a shop down the street to sell clothing or you know, whatever or a hairstylist. No, I mean, I've seen businesses where there's this lady that drives around in a, in a pickup and her business the dog poop in your yard. Yeah, that's her job. That is her full-time job. That is what is supporting her, her family, and building her retirement, paying for the vehicle that she's driving, paying for the gas, whatever tools she uses. That's her job. And, and that's great. There's obviously demand for it because she built a job based off of someone's interest and demand and it's grown. That's a great idea of a business. I've seen other businesses around town that are, are similar that you wouldn't expect to see in such a big city. But um, but yeah, they're, they're here in this town. They're right here. They're, they're making their way the home-based business uh, industry. Now, as an artist, it's very difficult to be an independent artist in Spokane. I mean, you can. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying there aren't any. I'm just saying that there are more challenges here than there would be in a city like San Anto. And the differences would be San Anto there are more people than there are here in Spokane. So per capita, you have more opportunity to sell. Second, the art industry in San Anto is a bigger, more, I guess, respected industry. Not saying it's as respected as being a doctor contractor or anything like that I mean they still they still have their jokes about oh so you're an artist oh okay so what do you really do for a living yeah I mean you hear stuff like that but the thing is in San Anto art has a totally different vibe it has a totally different approach because the art in San Anto Getting, I guess you could say it's it's a deeper type of art. It's more enriched in heritage. It's more enriched in culture. It's either super contemporary, super traditional, and people they spend money on art in San Anto. You walk into a gallery, and you're not going to be surprised that five or six paintings sold that that one night each one 800 to a thousand a piece that's typical that's quiet <laughs> it's not out there art sells there's a big collector's market there as well as in austin and dallas and houston it's just a bigger industry there here in eastern washington you know there there are 
independent artists, and they are making their way through daily sales to, to support themselves. But it's a much, how can I say, it's a much quieter market here in eastern Washington. It's a harder market, not just to make the sale, but to make a, a significant sale like 800 to to $1,000. I'm not saying it's not happening. It does. I'm not saying it's not impossible. Oh, it's very possible. But it's not very typical. Yeah. Being an independent artist in Spokane, I mean, it has those challenges. That, that the art industry is not a strong buying market here. Another challenge that you have here in Spokane is the interpretation and concepts of art. You have people that create and make based on the aesthetics, based on the scenery, based on the prettiness of the Pacific Northwest and the Spokane area. And that tends to sell more because of the aesthetic than the artwork that has a true message and a meaning in it. You know, that's that, now that's a fact. That's something I've seen quite often. Being a part of a few group exhibits here and several and being to several shows here, I see what people are buying. I wanted to sell more art here locally, I would have to very much, I, I'd have to change my style. Yeah. Very, very much so. I would have to change my approach to, to art. I'd have to drop my bicultural concept. I'd have to stop photographing people of color. I'd have to stop drawing uh, people of color. I'd have to make it more local because that right there is what people are looking for. Local. And if you were to look at my work against somebody who makes quote local artwork, then yeah, my my artwork does not look local. Yeah, but I am not local. <laughs> Chicano. I am from Central Texas. That's what I am. That's what I always will be. That's what my art will always be. Because that work, that creative effort, it's an extension of my personality, of what I am, of where I come from, where I've spent the majority of my life. That work will always have people of color. It will always have that same message and symbolism of biculturalism and the concepts of being in a colonized community, being a part of a community that has had oppression and had white-centered thoughts opposed upon them on how they need to be. 
so my my work will always be my artwork. And I've had many people say, well, if you change your style a little bit, or maybe if you would photograph the Palouse, which is an area south of Spokane, really, you know, pretty rolling hills and fields and things like, yeah, if you'd photograph the Palouse, you know, that would be nice. And I'm like, but why? People know what it looks like. What? That doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> the Palouse. That's just a bunch of grass. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't connect to it, you know? And it's not that I'm saying it's not important, not that I'm saying it's not beautiful, I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's not uh, not a part of what people here perceive as beauty, but it, it doesn't connect to me. It doesn't say anything about me. It doesn't say anything about my life. That's, that's what it is. For me to take a picture of it and somebody were to like it, you know, that I couldn't be comfortable knowing that I'm, I'm presenting that from me because every piece of artwork that I make is an extension of myself and, and what I am what I believe and to to do that I feel that would be wrong I couldn't accept money for that I couldn't accept any kind of acknowledgement for that it doesn't say anything to, about me at all now if I lived in the Palouse if I had a connection to it, if something significant had happened to me there in the Palouse, then at that point, maybe I would photograph that area. Maybe I would do something that is relevant to it. But realistically, no, it's, it is. To me, it's just a bunch of rolling hills. It's just stuff. <laughs> That's it. It's just stuff. Man. And, um, so yeah, the whole idea of artwork and and the meaning behind art, it holds a big difference. That's where there's two different types of artists. There's an artist that creates for the aesthetic and makes something that's marketable and makes something that is a trend, makes something that is, you know, in demand so that they can profit and sell for that, that time frame. And then each year, you know, their work will evolve with whatever is, is hot that year. They'll be the same style, you know, the same um, color pattern, uh, the same type of, you know, style of artwork, but the subject matter will evolve. Yeah, somebody can draw images of what you'd see on popular TV or what you'd see on, you know, uh, popular music, which you'd hear there or in news, media, something. It would just be that contemporary subject matter. But the creative style, the way they make the art, that that would be consistent. And that's, that's one type of artist that that that's what they do. You know, and are they talented? Yes. Are they skilled individuals? Yes. Are they independent artists? Yes. They, they are very 
very much so. But that's their approach to use that creative medium to sell because that's their goal. Their goal isn't to make art and share a message with the world or a concept. Their, their goal is to make money. That's where they've taken art and they've made it into the business. The business of art. That's what that is. Then you have the other artist that their goal, of course, is to sell their work and get it out there into the world. But also their, their main intention is to, to create something around a concept, around some sort of a, a message, be it social, political, uh, racially charged, whatever, whatever their, their message is, their statement, and to make that the center of their work. And if it sells, it's fine. If it doesn't, it's fine. But the thing is, you saw it. You saw it in the gallery. You saw it in, on the wall. And you read the statement. And you learned something. Hopefully, you learned something. And you're taking something away with you after, after seeing that piece. And some of those artists like the aesthetic kind. <laughs> some of them, they can be just focused on... On selling the work or they're focused on making the work and talking about all these artsy emotional feelings or they talk about the message that they're wanting to create they're taking a slice of history or an injustice and inequity they're taking something that needs to be seen or they're taking something in heritage or their tradition or their culture and it needs to be shared it needs to be preserved somehow so that people know that this is what it was like this is what it is now and we'll see what happens tomorrow you know it's it's there's so many different ways to so many different directions to go in there but but essentially those are your two major types of artists and, I mean, I fall into the category of the person that would share the message. Yeah. I've been a full-time artist before in the past. As of right now, I am not. And, you know, having been a full-time artist, I totally can connect with those struggles. I can, can see where artists come you know, from the concept of, of being called the starving artist, which I feel is an insult. And that just even further belittles the career field. Nobody ever says the starving dentist, the starving plumber, the, you know, starving electrician, the starving retail worker. Nobody would say that. But as a person that owns a plumbing business, yeah, you've got to pay for your truck, you've got to pay for your materials, you've got to pay for your overhead. Sometimes you you have a person come out and help you with the job, so you have to pay them, and you got to pay them a decent wage. 
you know, that how much do you actually walk away with personally in your pocket? Not in the business's pocket, in your pocket? Eh, very little. At times. Sometimes nothing at all. But nobody ever says the, the starving plumber. Same thing with a doctor. A doctor can charge, you know, jingles of money for services rendered. But then they still have how much money in, 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 you know, services that they have to pay for as far as their overhead, their wages to their employees. They still have to pay for their <laughs> their tuition. They've got to pay for the college that they're trying to make payments on. You know? Yeah. they got to pay for the renting all the equipment that they have in the medical office. So yeah, at first, being a doctor, yeah, it's very little is going to come to your pocket. I mean, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to, to get involved in that. A lot more than people think. And, um, yeah, that's why when you see private practice, it's usually somebody that's been working for a while. They put some money in savings and then they're able to, to go out on their own. Yeah, eventually. But nobody uses that term starving, <laughs> except for with artists. And, yeah, that's insulting. Yeah. I think I'm going to start using that as a prefix to other career fields when we're talking about other career fields. The starving policeman. The starving janitor. The starving manufacturer. The starving construction worker. Yeah. The starving day laborer. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. See how people react to that. That'll be a little social experiment. And then, you know, when it comes to to operating your art business like a business that in itself is challenging because how do you market who do you market to how do you identify your buying market in the, wherever you're located you know you'd have to find your, your niche you'd have to get associated with a gallery or a venue of some sort in order to show your work whether it's here in Spokane it's really big thing to show your art like a coffee shop you know sandwich shop like that um local businesses local restaurants like that it's super easy to do that but um yeah you know you've gotta you gotta find your niche and all that takes a lot of a lot of footwork it takes a lot of time and um i don't know for all my years that i've been involved in the arts I haven't seen anything where where artists are actually respected for what they're doing I really haven't now you've got photographers and you have graphic designers and you have industrial designers and product designers you have architects yeah and you have have those industries and others that are considered professional yeah and I've worked in some of those industries mm -hmm. in photography where you're doing commercial work for businesses 
for advertising agencies, and it pays very well, but it's the same creative artwork. You're having to solve a creative problem. How do you interpret the message of whatever this product is? How do you create the ambiance of the space that this product, this object is in? How do you create that through photography? Graphic design, you know, you're making business cards for local businesses. You're making posters, signage, um, banners, all sorts of things like that. And you're having to choose the right typeface. You have to choose the right point size of that typeface. You have to arrange logos in a specific manner. You have mechanics that you have to fit within. Oh, this is going to be a printed banner. It's going to be on vinyl. It's going to be grommeted every two feet. You're going to have an inch of fold over. So then you need to, yeah, you've got the construction aspect to think about. Still a creative job, but it's a little more than just your, I'm just going to put the brush to the canvas and we'll see what happens. No, it's very focused and very intentional. And artwork, when as an independent artist, it can be very focused. It can be very intentional. It can be very, you know, when you're designing and creating a, a piece of art to, again, communicate a message, to share a specific statement, it is very focused. It is very intentional. It isn't, well, I'll just put the brush to the canvas and see what happens. But that's what a lot of people perceive of artists. They see them as these physical, light-hearted, you know, people that just, you know, they just the brush to the canvas and whatever happens happens and then they call it art no that's not what art is people there are some artists out there like that but not all are like that no 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 yeah i mean you wouldn't want to go to an architect and have your home designed and he'll say well i'll just put the pencil to the paper and this will be your house uh, actually, no. <laughs> All we wanted was an extension on the back part of the house so that we could put a sunroom there. What's that? That is a windmill. That windmill will generate the power to your house. Uh, no. That's where I have to park my car. That's the driveway. So, yeah. Think about it. If people were so... <laughs> for lack of a better way of saying it, whimsical and loose with their creativity, how would that really affect the business of art? I mean, really, you know, as a photographer working commercially, as a graphic artist that has worked for committees and companies, no, people have a good idea of what they like and what they want. You do have to work within certain parameters. There was a local business here that said, I need to have a logo made with a big text trailer holding a bobcat. And I thought, okay, a bobcat as in 
the animal or the machine? And I didn't want to ask because I felt kind of embarrassed. Like, this person thinks that I should know exactly what they're talking about. And so as we went into the conversation, I kind of tried to steer it towards the machine. Because I couldn't really, for you know, just envision an actual bobcat standing on top of a trailer. But as we were talking, you know, I said, well, tell me a little bit more about your business. Tell me a little more how the bobcat is is utilized in your business oh well that's how I move the soil the dirts or whatever that you know we transport and we drop off at your job site or whatever at your home people need stone or dirt picked up for a project at home well we pick it up and haul it and then we use the bobcat put in place and blah 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 it gets into all the detail of it and I'm like okay it's the machine thank goodness I can draw that <laughs> So, yeah, and that was very specific. Is it a piece of art that I would put up on the wall and want to label Bobcat on trailer study? No, it's it's not. I mean, would somebody buy it? I don't know, probably. But, <laughs> but I mean, no, that's precisely what they wanted. And after I drew the trailer and that Bobcat and I put it all together... And they looked at it, you know, they're like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. This is beautiful. I love it. This is great. Yes. Yes. You know, the only thing I would change would be maybe make the tires a little bit smaller. Maybe the Bobcat should be a little bit bigger. Yeah, I think just just a touch bigger. But, you know, and then that was it. The second proof, it was perfect. That's exactly what they wanted. And then we started the idea of, oh, okay, well, now I need to make business cards. Using this logo, I need to make business cards. I need to make, um, yeah, I need to make some yard signs, some posters, whatever. Eventually, we're going to do T-shirts and caps and stuff. But, yeah, yeah, so that's, there, that's art. Without having an artist with an art background, how can people have those simple products like business cards made it's laid out by an artist yeah it's not glamorous it's not the most trendy of art but you know that's commercial art that's professional art too that's that's the graphic arts and so to identify an artist as a legitimate business business owner business person yeah, yeah, the whole talk of being the starving artist, I really think, needs to come to an end. And the label of professional artist needs to be utilized. Because you can be a professional artist, meaning you're getting paid for your creative efforts. Or you can be an amateur artist, where you're creating something, not with the intention to sell it, but simply just to make it just to express something you like flowers so you paint flowers you're not painting flowers to sell these paintings and make money and sustain your livelihood but you're painting them because it brings you peace and joy and it's it's a a therapeutic method for some people to just paint and just just do something you know 
but I really think we need to start using the term professional artist or amateur artist, but, but the label of starving artist needs to stop because that, that is insulting. Yeah. I know several professional artists that are full-time individuals and, you know, I've, none of them are starving. No. I mean, maybe only after (laughs) a few beers at Bar America, (laughs) they'll be hungry, but, you know, they're, they're not, they're not like the way the term implies, like a person in, in rags on a street corner you know, trying to sell something for money. Give me money because I'm, I'm doing something. You know, please. No. No. That's not what artists are. We need to stop seeing artists as such. You know, professional artists versus amateur artists. Full-time artists versus part-time artists. You know, if I were to self-identify... I would honestly say I'm a part-time professional artist. Yeah. That's what I am. Because right now I do have a full-time job. And it's not even involved in the arts. No. It's not. And it's something that I just absolutely love and, and enjoy doing. And I wouldn't change it. However, art is still a part of my life. It will always be a part of my life. Either I'll continue to make work for me or to sell. But my main goal is to make work to share with people to see it. For them to learn about the statement that I have. And, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll delve into that a little deeper when we get into our, our next few podcasts uh, pretty soon. I'm going to have a little interview with a couple of women. They currently reside near Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, pardon me, Nashville, Tennessee. I'm so sorry. They live by Nashville, Tennessee. They're both educators, Latinas, and they together are the traveling comadres. And I absolutely love what they're building right now. This is the emergence of two Latinas making an effort to connect with the bigger Latina, Latino, and Latinx community to say, hey, this is what we're doing over here near Nashville. This is what's going on for us. What's going on in your neighborhood? what are you guys doing? What are you women doing? You know, what are you people doing? And just connecting and sharing history. Right now, history. Because it's, it's what we're doing today that will be history tomorrow for those future generations. So they're wanting to document what, what are we doing? What's going on? What are some of the, the social and cultural norms that are going on in your area? You know, how are gente living in the Pacific Northwest? How are gente living wherever you're living, you know? And how is it similar? How is it different? And how does that connect to the the bigger community? So 
so yeah, I totally love what they're doing, and <laughs> just talking to them is fun, they, they have such an energy, and they are truly comadres, once you, you hear them, and how they just connect with each other, you know, you'll, you'll get, you'll get it, for those of you that have a comadre or compadre, you know what I'm talking about, oh yeah, you know, but uh, for those of you that haven't experienced that, or maybe this is a new term for you, you'll you'll learn really quick, and you're, I I know you're gonna enjoy it. I believe that, because yeah, they they are something else, and it's gonna be awesome. So we're gonna be doing an interview coming up very soon. We have them scheduled. I have some uh, independent artists, some full-time professional artists scheduled to talk with us and share with us what's going on where they reside so yeah yeah that's that's where we're at that's what's going on and uh, again just a big thank you to the people supporting firme thank you for for listening and for sharing the podcast i appreciate you sharing this with other communities and um yeah yeah for sure so um <laughs> bueno <laughs>